Hello, thank you for downloading this episode of the Final Third Podcast. In this week's episode, Jack and I sit down and we talk about the hottest takes we have about the MLS season just two weeks into the start of it. We have a lot of hot takes from a lot of different teams, so you want to stick around and hear them all. If you enjoy the show, leave a rating, and yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. My name is Jack and I'm a fan of Minnesota United, Chelsea, Atalanta, and the U.S. and French national teams. And I'm joined here today by uh, a, a countrywide traveler uh, <laughs> this week in AJ. Hello, my name is AJ Zivara, co-host here on this wonderful, wonderful podcast. Fan of Minnesota United, uh, the U.S. national teams, West Ham United. And for this episode, Seattle, let's uh, go, there's the Sounders, fight and win. Did you get to do the chant? Did I, I to- did. I, oh, I forgot wow. that that was like actual chant that they did <laughs> and not just a meme from like 10 years ago. Yeah. But, no, you got to do the meme. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it started and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, they're doing the meme. <laughs> Even though I'm, I'm pretty sure Seattle fans like that chant and know it more of a as a as a chant that they do instead of the internet meme that we all know. Yeah. But like Jack said, countrywide uh traveler today. I pretty much just got off the flight like two hours ago from Seattle. Uh my dad and I decided to take on this spring break that we're on just like a two day trip to some place in the US and I'm not a big beach guy, nor do I really care for uh the beach. So we decided yep. to go to Seattle because my family's are big into seafood, get some nice seafood, and also just happen to catch uh, the, the CONCACAF Champions League game that uh, occurred there in Seattle. And I'll get more into the game and the happenings when we talk about uh, Seattle, because Jack, what is the theme of this week's deep dive episode? Yeah, well, it's something we just kind of threw together, like so many of our episodes at times, but yeah. it's... Way too early hot takes on the MLS season. You know, we've got 10 different teams that we wanted to talk a a little bit about. Maybe say some good things about them. Maybe bad things about them. We we literally have no idea what we've prepared for each of the teams. All we have in front of us is a document with five teams that we both named on here. That's all we know about it. So we we don't know what each other came up with. So we're going to see what happens on here. Yeah, I mean, we've done stuff like this before. Usually it's actually like mid-season review or near-end season review. But hey, we thought, you know, since, since I didn't have a lot of time to do much because I was literally on a flight basically uh, three hours ago, that we would come up with something that, you know, is, is a little bit more fun, I suppose, where we just uh, from the hip just fire off some hot <laughs> takes about teams that we have literally two data points on. But I th- th- that's the fun, right? Like, what's the point of having power rankings this early? It's just a, it's just a guess where things are going to go. And so I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, personally, for me, I decided to go for teams that I thought were good and bad. So I have a nice mixture, Jack, from the list I'm seeing. That is also the case for you. Yep, yep. So I'm excited to see where this goes. So, Jack, we uh, each of us have five teams that we have a hot take on. So let's hear yours first. What is your way too early hot take for your first team? All right. 
I'm going to go out of order here. Yeah, sure. I'm going to start with Chicago Fire. Okay. And here, here's what I have to say about them. Chicago Fire. Do they only have two points? Yes, they only have two points after two draws this season. That is true. But both oh, of them have been 0-0 zero, zero draws. And I think that Chicago Fire... No. I think Chicago Fire are building something actually half decent here. Okay. They're actually doing something right for like the first time in almost a decade, it feels like. Oh, wow. But <laughs> I, I really like how their defense looks. You know, uh, before this season started... I wasn't fully convinced by some of the players on on their roster. You know, they have a former Minnesota United player. Wyatt Olmsberg hasn't played for us since like 2018. I want to say a 31 year old German center back that they got from. I want to say I, it was it was from the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. you know, I and, and a really young goalkeeper. So I was like, I, I'm not so sure about this. I feel like their defense is still going to leak some goals, but they even if their offense isn't firing on all cylinders, their defense has been holding down really well and a lot better than I think most people would have given them any credit to be doing. You know, they they have they they've kept clean sheets and you know, for a team that has so often just leaked goals, it seems, it's a good it's a good direction that they're going in. So my my first hot take is that Chicago Fire might actually be somewhat decent this season you know i think we both ranked them really low in our preseason preview but yeah i i could see them if the, if they can then get their offense to click you know and while maintaining some of the defensive form there they can be something to be reckoned with they can be a force to be reckoned with so kind of a short one but i i, I think that you know chicago fire fans you might you might be onto something here the rebrand was a win I think at, at least the the second rebrand. Uh, so maybe with that comes some good play as well. Yeah, I mean, I I, I have been pleasantly surprised with uh, their play. I've I've never actually uh, caught a Chicago game uh, this season. I've only been watching their highlights, but I, I like what uh, their new manager Ezra Hedrickson is building here. I think obviously we can talk about Gaga all we want. He's a great goalkeeper at his young age. Uh, I believe the the center back you're referring to is Shikos. Uh, this I, is that's why I didn't say the name because okay. I, was, I wasn't completely sure of how to say it. I think it's uh, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to try it. It okay, starts with yeah. a C and ends with Ikos. Yes, so I, I I tried my best there, but I I think that he has been pretty good. I think if Shakiri can really really get that that end product that that, that uh, final ball and get some support there, I think they're going to be great. Uh, ac- according to uh, the power rankings that came out uh, this week for MLS, this was the first back-to-back clean sheet that Chicago has had since September of 2020. Jeez, like it's been, yeah. They went the entirety of last season without getting back-to-back clean sheets. So really good from them. They're also uh, 23rd in expected goals conceded. So they are, what is that, how many teams are in this league now? Five. Uh, fifth in the least expected goals conceded. If you flip that around, they've only conceded 1.7 expected goals. So not it's not just Slovenia putting in like a, a wrecking ball of a game. Like he's the, the defense is actually holding up. The scheme is working. The players are stepping up. And so if this continues, yes, they went against Inter Miami 
away from home, so it's not like a big of a deal. And Orlando at home. But if this does continue, which there are, there is reason to believe it can, I would be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So moving on from Chicago to my first one, mm, I'll also go out of Oryx. I'll talk about uh, Seattle Sounders here. Okay. okay. So Seattle Sounders have not had the greatest of starts in the league. They're used to it, though, you know, but they are on the bottom of the West, losing 1-0 to to both uh, Nashville and uh, who's the other team that they, they Real lost? Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake, right. I remember that. Uh, yikes. Uh, and so they have not even scored a goal in MLS regular season play. However, my hot take for the Seattle Sounders this early into the season is that they are going to win not one, but two trophies of some sort this year. Okay. Despite being the bottom of the West right now. Because, you know, maybe it's just uh, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid because I was at their game yesterday and I met a lot of the fans and they seem really cool. But even without Lodero and Rui Diaz, they bossed Club Leon last, uh, last night with honestly superior tactics. And I think right now they're the best team, have the best chance to win the Champions League. So that's automatically like maybe one trophy right there. Because when you look at it, they have really good depth. They started a 16-year-old from Alaska last night, Obed uh, Vargas. And he looked pretty good uh, right next to the likes of Jao Paulo. And they also have the likes of Baker Whiting and Chu. They're all very good, super young, and have the ability to step up really nicely. Rusnak, from last week and the last couple of weeks, I think he does need to improve a little bit if they are to hit their ceiling. But their ceiling this season is going to be multiple trophies thanks to their base talent and their depth. Uh, last night was great. Like I, I, I was expecting them to maybe draw, hopefully have a, a, some fight in them to get like maybe a 1-2-0 win, 2-1 to one win, just enough to get them in a good advantage going into the second leg. But they went out there and they completely bossed the game they didn't have the possession but right in the counterattack in that transition they just they just ate a club leon up and spitted them out like it was really really good and uh off topic but it was really funny is after all those goals freddie montero went off master class from him jordan morris got got a, a late goal as well but where my dad and i were sitting we we uh were in front of like these seattle sounders fans and by the end of the game, they were convinced that I was a hardcore Seattle fan because I was able to like name every single player, like <laughs> name like like what was up with them. Like, oh, it's great that Jordan Morris came back from that that ACL injury and is like playing pretty well. Like, oh, I I think uh, <laughs> I, I I think Vargas is is really good. Crazy that I uh, sixteen years old, like he's playing here, and I was cheering my my, my head off, and it, it was a really fun time. A lot of high fives going around, and that's why I'm I'm backing Seattle to win. Maybe not just the Champions League, but also potentially the Open Cup, the Supporter Shield, MLS Cup, uh, Leagues Cup. I don't know. I don't know. Jack, what do you think about that? Well, uh, it sounds like you went successfully undercover there at at, uh, the Seattle Sounders. uh, Figuring out the one place where Minnesota United is at their weakest, you know, trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Seattle, they, while they haven't started well in the league, I, I think it's because of the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, they're, you know? they're focusing on it, right? Right, yeah. They, they've got a real chance to win it. And so it makes sense that they, that you know, they're they're going all in for it. Because 
MLS teams typically don't do as well as they could in that in that competition. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I could see them doing pretty well in their game against the L.A. Galaxy this weekend because yeah. they have a three zero lead now in the CONCACAF Champions League. So they have a nice little cushion going into the second. Right, exactly. Uh, so I, I think, you know, if if they're able to pull off a win against the L.A. Galaxy at home next uh, this or this weekend, then I, I think I think your prediction's pretty close, pretty, uh, yeah. pretty close up there. Yeah. I also have two additional hot takes for the Seattle Sounders. OK, one that relates to both of us, because I believe we both predicted Rui Diaz would get the golden boots earlier. Yes. And that's not going so well. No. And he I feel like when I was doing the initial predictions for that and picking which which player would get the golden boot, I did notice that Rui Diaz has missed pretty much a good amount of games every single season. And it looks like that's going to continue, which should be a huge blow to Seattle. But also a huge blow to our chances of getting that golden boot, right? <laughs> and my second hot take is I think they should move on from Ladero because if he's going to be as injured as he was last season, he's already getting up there. I, I think they got they ought to find a serviceable number 10 uh, come the summer or come next season to replace him. And I think they will. Even though I'm a big fan of Nico Ladero. I think that I, I think when you have a DP on uh, such a contract and not a lot of game time from him it just doesn't really make sense so those are my three seattle hot takes i suppose jack your next team yeah uh the next team that i'm gonna go with here i went from a team that i that i was singing some praises for so let me go to one that i'm not going to do the same for (laughs) and that is sporting kansas city right and the reason why is I really don't think they look that good this season. Like they they te- they do have three points on the board, which is pretty good for them, I guess. But at the same time, they haven't looked really good in either of the games they've played. You know, they got crushed by Atlanta. I th- I'd say three to one is 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 pretty bad, especially when one of those goals was a late one. And they let Dom Dwyer score against them. And that's that's pretty bad. Uh, And then they only beat Houston, who don't think are that good uh, this season. Uh, One to zero, taking uh, a goal from a central midfielder to do it. They are they're going to struggle without a number nine. I said it in our season preview that, you know, Alan Polito without him, they are going to struggle a little bit. And I also said that I was I'm not completely convinced that Daniel Shalloy can reproduce the same thing that he did last season. And so far, I'm feeling kind of confident in that. Boo. Just I, I really do not think SKC have what it takes to, like, be a team challenging for MLS Cup this season. Uh, will they maybe make playoffs? Probably they, they probably can do that. But, you know, they looked they didn't look great against the Houston Dynamo. And I think, you know, against the Houston Dynamo, who have the tendency to make, no offense to the Houston Dynamo, but have a tendency to make a lot of teams look pretty good. Uh, it, it, it just wasn't their strongest showing, you know. So I, I'm, I'm not totally convinced by them that they've, you know, solved any issue of not having a number nine, really, that, that'll... I I, I think I th- this this take is a lot less fleshed out than the other ones. It, it's mostly sure. due to like I saw a lot of people being really high on them and saying like, "Oh, SKC, they're going to do really well." 
even without Alan Polito. But I think, you know, we've seen it with Colorado before, how much a, lo- a lack of a number nine, a clinical number nine, can hurt your chances. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't really have much else to say, but Jack, do you think, do you think the current trajectory of where they're going, really early in the season, right? Only two games in. But remind me where you had them finishing at the end of the season, and do you think that's going to change at all? I believe I had them finishing in sixth, I think. Yes. Yeah, do, do, do you think that's still realistic? I, I think it I think it's realistic. I could see them like, you know, getting like seventh or eighth, honestly. I mm. I don't feel like higher is is the is the trajectory they're going is, okay. is what I'm going to say. All right. All right. They play Colorado uh, this Saturday. It's going to be an interesting game to see if they can get up to scoring. <laughs> Which team has uh, the worst number nine situation, I suppose? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Even though, you know, Colorado, it's not like they aren't scoring goals. They score, they put three against Atlanta this past weekend. So I don't know. Maybe Colorado has the leg up there. Who knows? Maybe. But then they also got dunked on three to zero by uh, Vela and LAFC. Exactly. So. Exactly. So we'll, we'll see how that game uh, plays out. And we'll see how uh, this next team, how their season's going to play out. Because their first two games have been very, very interesting. I'm talking about Austin FC. The sophomore uh, team has played very, very well relative to where they were last year and also just in general because they have now scored 10 goals. That's right, 10 double-digit goals after just two weeks, winning 5-0 to against FC Cincinnati and 5-1 to against Inter-Miami. Obviously, very, very impressive. And my hot take for Austin FC is that Austin will challenge for the last playoff spots, right? So what okay. we had them as near de- basement dwellers, a lot of people out there had them near the bottom. I think I had them just one off of the, of the bottom because uh, I had Houston Dynamo last, which I definitely think will probably be the case. And Austin FC in that, what, 13th spot? So I'm, I, I was pretty confident that they w- wouldn't do well, but they're doing well right now. And a couple of caveats to that statement, obviously, it's against two of uh, some of the worst expansion teams I've seen in MLS, in FC Cincinnati and Inter-Miami. Two, because uh, I'm, I'm numbering these, even though I didn't say number one for the first one. Number two is the fact that they were all at home. All those games were at home. And obviously, number three, it's still early in the season, and a lot of things can happen. They aren't the big dogs yet, but their attack honestly stacks up against a good portion of the west you know fagundes treasy uh dominguez and and finley who uh, was traded from uh minnesota have looked pretty pretty good uh finley got the two goals before uh this past weekend treasy as well uh got got some goals and like i mentioned in their preview before the season started they finally have a good amount of depth against miami this past weekend they kept finley uh jite Gallagher, Valencia, and Gabrielson on the bench. And those are players that I can honestly see starting for this club. That gives them more options and freedom to play Wolf's dynamic style of play instead of just counterattacking and bunkering like we see a lot of lower quality teams and expansion teams play. And so they are near the top in a lot of stats in terms of, you know, the attack, right? Uh, average possession, 57.9%. 
getting accurate passes in 417.5 uh, accurate passes per match. It's fifth best in the league. And w- when you look at it, it seems pretty good, but I still am unconvinced about that uh, defense. I think it's it's a fine defense if you're looking to be a fine team, but it, it, it's just not enough to be an out-and-out playoff team, which is why I just have them challenging for that last playoff spot. But Jack, Austin FC, Supporter Shield champions on the way? Who knows? What do you think? I'm, I'm not sure if I would say Supporter oh. Shield. I'm not sure if I would say that. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they've looked pretty good uh, in, in those games. I, I do have to give them credit, and it does make me happy to see Ethan Finlay doing well because yeah. he, he was one of my favorite Minnesota United players. Uh, still sad that we traded him away. But, or he was a free agent, I yeah, think, technically. Yeah, we, so. we just uh, didn't pick him up or anything. <sighs> I still think that's a bad decision, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, either way, Austin FC do look good, and you know we, we've, talked to, uh, we've talked about Austin FC quite a bit before. And... You know, given given their fan base, I am glad they are seeing some success to start the season off. Yeah, who did, did you uh, see Matthew McConaughey doing uh, the was it the Wolf of Wall Street kind of like chest bang like uh, one of the Austin yeah. FC games? I, I think he's just got to do that every single game, and and they'll win five to zero, five to zero, five to one. Just score five goals and just yeah. hope the other team doesn't score six. It, it it works, right? I mean, yeah. As long as you score more goals on the other team, you win. So exactly. who, who cares exactly. if your if your defense starts to show cracks later on? Five yeah. to four wins are three points. <laughs> There's still they're still a win, and that's what matters. That's what matters. All right, Jack, your third team. What's your hot take there? We're let's let's go to Minnesota United. Okay. Let, let's go to that one. Sounds like a plan. And my hot take on this one is that Minnesota United actually look good. They actually look good. And I don't know if that's I, a hot take, but yeah, sure. But I, 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 I feel like people are still underrating them. You know, MLS power rankings and so many like rankings of them. I mean, what was the preseason predictions that MLS writers had? Like ninth, yeah, eighth, missing the playoffs. Yeah, like, like terrible stuff. They played two of the most defensively sound teams, I believe, in the league. Uh, I could, I could be wrong in that, but. They, they played against two solid teams in Philadelphia Union. Yep. One of the best defensive teams and Nashville mm-hmm. SC, both of which conceded one goal per game over all of la- last season. And they drew in both of those. Uh, you know, it, it, it hasn't it hasn't been the, uh, you know, maybe maybe the best start to the season that Minnesota United fans were hoping for. But better than last season, better than last season. Right. Uh, and I think that they they despite Amaria maybe not being as electrifying to start out with, they're still looking very promising and very good to start things off with. And I do want to to mention one specific player that now I'm kind of wishing given, given what, uh, what uh, we've seen so far in this season, uh, who I had picked to win young player of the year. And, uh, that is Bongo Kule Lanwane. Let's go. South I'm finally Africa, pronouncing South it. Africa, yeah, I'm South finally Africa. pronouncing it right. I I uh, I have a document with the pronunciation in there now. Uh, after Say one it of again. our 
I need uh, to learn. Bongo Kule Longwane. Longwane. Okay. Yep. That's how I thought. A- after yeah. one of our listeners sent that to me, noticing how I struggled saying his name in, a, in an earlier episode. So, ah, yes, yes. Uh, thanks for that and uh, finally getting it right here. So, I, I think he's looked really good. And Franco Fragapane picked up a hamstring injury, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he's probably going to be starting. And let me tell you, seeing him live in person. One one of the most creative players I've seen play for Minnesota United Heck in person. Yeah. He he was constantly running forward, trying to make things happen. The runs he was making was great. His dribbling was incredible. Uh, his shooting could use a little work here and there, but still, like very 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 solid performance from him. So I I'm I'm looking forward to see what Minnesota United do this season. I feel like, and this is the hotter take of it. We finally have an offense that looks like it works <laughs> that because I know how dangerous, dangerous of a statement this is for Minnesota United yes. to say that the offense looks like it might work. But I, I don't know. I, I'm feeling like it the, like it really does look promising this season. I, I don't know. That, that's 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 the hotter take on it. Well, Jack, I have a trivia question for you. Now it's okay. my turn to ask you a trivia question. OK, OK. I want you. According to Foot Mob, mm-hmm. to tell me how many big chances Minnesota United has created in the past two games, and where that ranks in MLS. How many they've created in the last few games? In the last two games, yes. Uh, probably like I'm only remembering two, and that's probably like I don't know twentieth out of twenty-seven, probably lower. Okay. They've created one chance, one big okay. chance. Okay. And that's 25th in uh, the league out of 28. So let's go. <laughs> obviously, that, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean really anything because all that matters is that you put the goals away. Exactly. But I, I'm still unconvinced until we can get, I don't know, one of our five million strikers a goal. I don't know. I don't know. Nah, you you don't need strikers to score if everyone if everyone else is scoring. So that that's what matters. Oh yes, the, the Chelsea method, of course. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Except when your wingbacks both get injured and then you start to draw every game and then cry a little and then cry a lot. You know. <laughs> having your having your, your your outside fullbacks injured. Well, that is what Minnesota United's is going Minnesota, through, isn't yep, it? So exactly. So I'm sensing a pattern with the the teams that you're a fan of, Jack. Yeah, it, it always seems to happen this way, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, <laughs> strikers that don't perform, injured fullbacks, uh, supposedly really good defensively, but not actually. Uh, yeah. Yep, sounds about right. Cringe, cringe. Well, Minnesota United, for both of our sakes, I hope does a lot better. And I hope that they live up to your expectations, Jack. I hope so, too. All right. Because we both had them in fourth in the in the preview. If if people remember that. Good times. Good times. All right. Let's go on to my third team and pretty relevant to just what just happened. Let's talk about the New England Revolution, because they are currently playing their CONCACAF Champions League game against Pumas of Liga MX. And they just scored. It is one to zero in favor of the New England Revolution. Have you seen and who scored? I have seen, Jack. I've okay. already tweeted about it. Okay, okay. And honestly, I, I think he's one of the reasons why I'm about to say this hot take, and that hot take is that New England will get, this is a very specific hot take, New England will get a home playoff game even if they lose both Buxa and Turner. That is pr- probably a pretty hot take given yeah. where how important those two players are 
and how people were expecting him to be. But hey, all I'm saying is that if Sebastian Lajet keeps on banging them in, like how, how can you not see them doing well? Because he is the scorer of uh, their goal and he has put them up. And that's not even his first goal of the season. He's already scored a goal uh, in the regular season uh, against uh, uh, Portland. So I don't know. He's been playing really well, been unlocked under Bruce Arena, which is exactly what I thought could happen uh, when that trade uh, occurred. Seeing Bruce Arena with 241 wins, Bruce Arena is the most winningest coach in MLS history. So he still has that pedigree. It's not like New England have fallen off a cliff here. Uh, After two games, the New England Revolution have looked really good. Earl Edwards Jr., isn't Matt Turner? He's their backup goalkeeper, but he's still their serviceable. Backup, backup goalkeeper, I believe, actually, because isn't their second true. choice injured as well? Uh, that sounds really uh, familiar, especially because uh, Earl Edwards Jr.'s number is like number like thirty six or something. So yeah, yeah, I think Knighton is their second choice. Uh, that sounds a uh, pretty familiar, and you'd be right. Brad Knighton is injured now. They have uh, uh, backing up Earl Edwards Jr. Jacob Jackson, which is the most like fake name <laughs> you could think of. Jacob Jackson. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, but e- even even if he is the third string goalkeeper, their defense has just been incredible. By Farrell Jones Kessler, that's a really good back four, and they've performed really well against. Uh, against Dallas, I guess Portland, they let two goals in, but still it was away from home and they got that important draw. Unfortunately, Kessler did get injured, so hopefully that's not too uh, too serious. But still, I think defensively, they, are, they still look good. So we got Bruce is good. Legette has been good. Uh, Gila and the defense has been good. Altator off the bench has been fine. Bo and Buxa have been very good, and I think that as long as they keep the offensive power going, if if Bo can get some more goals, if Altidore can get his scoring ways again, if they get uh, a better number nine to replace Buxa if he does decide to leave this summer, then I, I think they'll be fine. They're in the middle for most stats in MLS so far, but their form and their talent should be enough to challenge for a top four in the East especially because there are some pretty dog water teams in the East. I think they'll be able to scrounge it up enough points against them and enough points against nearby contenders to make it to that home playoff spot area. Jack, New England Revolution, I know Matt Turner and Books are important, but how do you see them faring? Yeah, I think I think they look pretty good. You know, I did predict them to win the Supporters' Shield again. So fair, fair. I, I think they can do it. If, if this is how they're performing with their backup backup goalkeeper you know i i i mean i feel like they're in pretty good hands even when matt turner good one. leaves yeah uh, exa- uh i didn't even <laughs> i didn't even process <laughs> that i made that into a pun uh but the you know i i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what they do even though uh i'm not sure if i really want them to win an mls cup i i'm not sure about about how i'd feel about them winning that but you know it's still fine because if they win the supporters' shield again, my prediction was at least right. So yes. there we go. <laughs> all right, all right. New England's currently winning against Pumas, out shooting them eight to one. That's yeah, crazy. There we go. I'm not, I'm not watching the game right now, but that is that's cool to see. Uh, Jack, however, let's not talk about New England Revolution anymore, and let's talk about another team. As I see it, we only have two teams left for the both of us. So why don't you take it away with the next one? 
Yeah, so let's talk about an expansion team. And okay. there's only one expansion team, Charlotte yeah. FC. And uh, my hot take on them is that despite losing their first two matches, Charlotte aren't nearly as screwed as we all thought they were at the beginning okay. of the season. Uh, now, hear me out. Yes, they've conceded four goals and not scored one yet. That sounds like a really bad setup to this, but I'll, I'll explain what I mean. So against DC, they were playing away from home. And DC, with one of the best strikers in MLS, uh, in Ola Kamara, scored. They scored three goals against them, which you know, not great for a first for a first game. But against LA Galaxy, it literally took a moment of magic for their defense to break down. Their defense has not been awful, despite conceding four goals so far. In that game against the LA Galaxy, they were successfully keeping out, you know, Chicharito, who was excellent in MLS last season. They were they were doing really well, I, I think. And the fact that it took literally one of the best goals I think I've seen in a game in a while uh, to break them down just shows you exactly like what like how good their defense can be. You know, before this season started, everyone was picking up on that quote. Their coach said, like, yeah, we're done for. We're, we're, yeah, we're screwed, kind of, I think, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, every, everyone pounced on that and was like, ah, they're going to be the worst expansion team ever. I, th I still think they're going to do pretty OK. I feel like they might even do better than where I had them in the preseason uh, predictions, which is second from bottom, because as as bad as you might be, there's always FC Cincinnati. Um, and I, I, I think that they that they've kind of shown that. You know, they've looked solid. Uh, Carol Swiderski maybe didn't have the best debut ever, but, you know, he's still finding his feet in MLS. We all remember Chicharito's first MLS season and uh, how, how that turned out in the end. I think Carol Swiderski is a, still a great striker, so I'm excited to see where that goes. Christian Fuchs has been very solid for them, more solid than I think either of us guessed he would be at 35 Play, playing in center back for a, a new for a new expansion team. But I'm excited to see what Charlotte FC do. You know, I really do think they have good potential here. I don't think so. Oh, and, and here's the thing. I, I if you've been uh, paying attention to this podcast, listeners, you'll know that I have been higher uh, on Charlotte FC's roster than a lot of people. I, I said that. I think overall it's fine uh, for an expansion team. However, I still do think that they are screwed, and that's why I had them as second to last in the East, because you have a head coach who has not coached in MLS. You have a general manager that has not managed in MLS, doesn't have any MLS experience. You have a team, even going beyond the roster, does not have a training facility, according to the athletic article that got released like today or whatever from Sam Stasekel, uh, they're splitting practices between their stadium and uh, a suburban sportsplex at Matthews, which has grass fields. Uh, Bank of America mm. Stadium has artificial fields. Uh, their players are bused about 20 minutes each way from the stadium, which recently underwent a $50 million renovation to better accommodate soccer. So off the field... Things are looking good, except for the training stadium. They 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 sold out uh, the 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 entirety of Bank of America Stadium for a record seventy four thousand person crowd. They also 
uh, according to was it fanatics or whatever they've they this game was the most that fanatics has has sold in terms of merch in any game in any sport ever wow that's huge that's huge however when you look at all of their their lack of depth their their tendency to go for foreign players and not really build on what's here in mls what's there in mls I just think that they're trying to they're trying too hard to build a competent roster to the point where I think they're they're overthinking things a little bit. And we mentioned this right at the beginning of the season that they need to uh, go towards uh, MLS depth. And I, I just don't think that this front office has done that i i don't think they had all this time and here we were before the season like we're like where are the players going to come where's the talent going to come from i think that's a failing of the front office and even though i'm really excited to see where this team goes and i think that as a foundation the, the club is doing fine but i just don't think that to disagree with your hot take jack that they okay. will do better than people expect them to be i i i think they'll show signs but i still have them right at the bottom of the east Maybe okay. that's a hot take in itself. I, I I honestly don't know what people are thinking about right now, but I don't know. I I, don't know. I Charlotte, I, I I support you. I I believe I believe in Charlotte FC. Yes, yes, but and it looks like I, I'm I'm forgetting who uh uh there's yeah their sporting director is, but oh man, it it looks like uh Kurnets is even biased against MLS players. Now that I'm looking at through this article, uh, he felt like the players who who fit who fit his model of how he wants to play aren't even readily available in MLS. So I don't know. So some distrust there, and from from what I've seen in in previous years, that usually comes back to bite you in the butt. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Jack, I, I don't know if you mentioned like a specific placing that you'd have them if you change your your second to last placing. I don't think it would, it would be much higher, uh, but I, I do think that they might do a little bit better than that. Like not playoff contention, but of like, course, yeah. you know, like maybe getting like 12th or 11th in the East. All right. You know, not, not necessarily a base, a bottom feeder, right? You know? Okay. All right. A, a little more respectable. I like it. I like it. Let's talk about a team that is definitely not respectable. That is <laughs> San Jose Earthquakes. You've just made a lot of people mad. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 lo- I love, I love San Jose. It's, it's a fun city, and it's honestly a fun team. Which is honestly my hot take. I think that San Jose will suck, but will have the highest combined goals for and goals against number. Like if you combine <laughs> those two numbers, I get the highest one. And it's gonna be a fun time. I think I'm gonna from now on. I'm gonna watch as many uh, San Jose games because Matias Almeida is not going to stay past this season. I don't think, and so I got to enjoy the chaos while it lasts. Because all I'm saying is having a center back that loses eight dole, duels in a three at the back system and then scores a brace is neither sustainable nor good. <laughs> but gosh, is it fun! I'm talking about Francisco Calvo, uh, one of their new signings, uh, and he. Obviously, he looks good in the attack. He's got a great head on him. Uh, not not literally, just you know, with with, with headers, because uh, he's made he's made some pretty boneheaded decisions defensively in that game included. But they have a manager 
who actively calls out his front office for not spending, probably hates his current his current job right now. They have good pieces in Gregu, Shuel, Ibobasi, and Espinoza, as well as some other uh, players as well. They have a defense that gave up six goals at home over just two games, and all four goals that they did score being either a penalty or three set pieces. Like this, this, this game is amazing because we can have teams like this, and this team is amazing because <laughs> they can have moments like this. It's going to be chaotic. Nothing about this defense and the what the the, the three five two whatever whatever uh, uh, Almeida's got going on. None of it screams like it's defensively sound. None of it screams like he actually thinks that they're going to win. It's all about vibes and good vibes only. And I am here for it. And when I see, like, they're able to score goals, even if it's from set pieces. So I think they'll scrounge up a good amount of goals because they have, like, the talent there. But most importantly, I think that they don't have the defensive talent. And so I think I think it's going to be a perfectly balanced team. Like, 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 seven, like 70 goals for, 70 goals against right near the bottom of the league. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Jack, San Jose Earthquakes, what have you seen from them that you liked or didn't like there? Well, I like Jan Gregush because he's a great player, and I'm still sad that he got benched from Minnesota United. He He's good. He's, he's very good. good. Uh, got two assists in, in two games so far. Uh, pretty good player. Maybe, maybe uh, Minnesota United could have used that kind of player a little bit more, but I, I just think their system is hilarious as well because... I, I was looking at their most recent lineup, right? Uh, Jackson Ewell was playing left wing back. And wow, uh, really? Jamiro Montero was playing right wing back. So you're taking two central players and putting them out wide already. Um, so yeah, uh, pure chaos vibes. And I, I like it. <laughs> I, 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 like see, I like seeing what all of this looks like. It, it's, it's just, it's just funny seeing it all come together. Uh, to, I, I'm hoping for many more three three draws. Basically, uh, would would love to see many more of those. Except not against Minnesota. That that one, you know, uh, we can we can do like a nice little three two win for Minnesota that day. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take that too. I'll take that too. Montero, of course, got that red card. Yep. <laughs> uh, last game as well. Uh, and I completely forgot to mention Kate Cowell, who is a good player, who I think will do well on this chaotic chaotic team. I hope the best for San Jose. I hope the best for Mateus Almeida, whatever he does outside of uh, San Jose. I don't hope the best for San Jose as a team uh, in terms of their front <laughs> office because, yeah, gosh, they don't deserve any praise for uh, what they've done this past couple seasons. Wasn't there like an article released by The Athletic where they asked front offices who which front office held their team back the most? And wasn't San Jose like near the top of that? It, I feel like gotta, I read that recently. It's got to be San Jose because this is this is a team that that could do very very well. Same thing with like a, a lot of like the Texas teams. I, I feel like if it's anything, like it'd be like the Houston Dynamo and San Jose Earthquakes, who are actually very much linked. If you if for any MLS historians out there, but th- those two ownership groups, I think, have have let people down the most in terms of the potential of their uh, general location in terms of a soccer market. Like, I don't know. They, like, I, they have a great stadium. If, if I'm going to continue my trend of traveling the country and going to stadiums, I'd love to see 
it's not a via stadium anymore whatever it's called now paypal park no that's not I hope it. whatever not. it is God, i hope not <laughs> That sounds like a Mario Kart map. I'm sorry. That's that's what that sounds like. A corn football is just Earthquake Stadium, whatever. But <laughs> regardless, they deserve a lot more. And the team that also deserves a lot more, or maybe, I don't know, Jack, I, I honestly don't know uh, what, what hot take you have for this team. Maybe you think they deserve less. I don't know. Jack, your final team. Yeah, my final team here is FC Dallas. And if you remember from our preview... I called my bottom tier the Texas tier because all three Texas teams were in there. Uh, And my hot take is that Dallas may just escape, not only escape the Texas tier, but might make the playoffs. Let's go. And the reason why is I I was watching the game uh, for I I watched some of the Dallas versus New England stuff. You know, it it, it seemed like an interesting enough game. Uh, and it, it, it was around noon on Saturday. So, like, what else are you going to do then uh, except yeah. watch some soccer? Uh, and FC Dallas, despite losing that game, looked pretty solid. Uh, Jesus Ferreira's movement, you know, I know he's not traditionally a number nine by any means. You know, he he's more someone who plays a little bit further back of a striker, I think, is uh, more of a second striker almost. Uh, maybe an attacking midfielder. I don't know exactly how to best describe his position, but uh, he looked really solid in that position. If Dallas can figure out a way to like deliver some more service into him and get him like service inside of the box, right? Instead of, you know, forcing him to one of his two shots was like 20, 25 yards away. uh, They can get him that service in there. He's going to do well. He has this tendency to pull the defense every which way. Yeah. And I, I have no idea what exactly makes him so difficult to mark, but something does where he just pulls the, he just pulls players into him. Uh, so that could give space for other winners like Paul Ariola to do really well. Uh, but I, I really do think that Dallas look a lot more solid than I gave them credit for in the preseason preview. I, I do think that they have some promise. It will be interesting to see uh, where they go from here. You know, uh, Nanu, it looks like, got his uh, not not necessarily debut, but he 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 got it. He got he got some good game time under his belt in this one and looked solid in it. You know, he he only I I say really his debut because he played 10 minutes in, in the first game. So uh, getting to play about a half is pretty good. Um, I'm excited. F- for this team and given the state of a lot of the Texas teams going into this season, I don't think excited would be the word that many Texas fans would use to describe their team necessarily. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that that's a bit of a win in and of itself. The The point total might not be reflective of it. I really do think they, that they've been really good. And to show that look at their expected goals, 3.8 expected goals in two games. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, those are pretty good numbers. They've only scored one from those. Uh, so maybe, maybe they could have used like maybe a reinforcement in the striking position in the number nine position, but I like the look of the Jesus for experiment so far um, that it, it, it looks like it could pay off. It could either pay off or it could backfire horribly. It's, it's kind of in flux right now, but I'm leaning towards the payoff side. Yeah, I mean, they did make him a designated player this past offseason, so they're really betting on him in that false nine role to 
be able to but what I think he does really well in terms of uh, the defense I, I think they're really betting on him running around and creating space for uh, the other wingers to you know run inside like Paul Areola he's, he's got good verticality or whatever Velasco has even played a game yet so I know I said verticality I'm sorry <laughs> I <know. laughs> uh, yeah I know it's not like Greg Berhalter right now but uh, regardless I think O'Brien Velasco uh, Areola I, I think they'll do very well now that Jesus Ferrer has that just innate innate ability and now uh, permission to do all that running and whatever he wants in that false nine role uh, you mentioned their XG. I'll mention their big chances created and their big chances missed. They're actually fifth. That's right. They're up there fifth in terms of big chances created with five. And big chances missed, they're second with five. <laughs> they missed every single chance. Let's go. Including, including a, 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 pretty, a pretty big one right at the end of the game. Uh, which which I think was a, a pretty big miss, probably added a lot to their XG uh, in, in that New England game. So uh, I want to say, was that like Paxton Pomacall that I think missed it? I, I, I'm misremembering. I, I, I feel that, that sounds correct. I, I yeah. think that I think that's the player. Yeah. But honestly, like this, this was such such a such a tough game uh, this past New England game to really watch because you could see that FC Dallas definitely had that ability to perform well. It just was not just what was not coming down. And I think that if they can get that offense rolling, like you said, with, with Jesus Ferreira, I could see them exiting the, 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 the Texas tier. However, a, a lot's got to go right there, which is why I had them relatively near the bottom as well. So let me talk about my last team which it's going to be a lot of fun because it's Toronto FC. And my hot take, and I, it, maybe it's not a hot take, so a lot of people are, are, are going with this too, but I think Toronto will suck, even with Insigne. And, Let's go. <laughs> and the, even more with the hot take, it's going to make MLS fans laugh and European fans confused, or it will make them hate MLS for whatever reason. They're like, they're like, what? Insigne can't, uh, can't like, like, uh, make it an MLS. That just proves that MLS is bad because that's just how their mind works or whatever. Yeah, good logic in air yeah, quotes there, logic. you know. <laughs> uh, but but here's the stat that really did it in for me, and it really encapsulates not just Toronto FC this season, but also Bob Bradley's last couple seasons since about 2020 when he was with LAFC. In the past two games. They've given up an XG of 5.16, which is the worst in MLS, even though San Jose, with how crazy Matias Almeida's system is, really, really tried to get up close at like 5.01 or something. But Toronto FC, they have the worst XG. They, they undoubtedly have had some of the worst defense played this past couple of games. And it was against the likes of Red Bulls and Dallas. Which, while good teams with good attackers like Lewis Morgan and Paul Areola, are not going to be the best teams that Toronto will face. The, those are not going to be the teams that Toronto FC is going to need to beat in order to make it deep into the East. Well, maybe New York Red Bulls if they continue their good form, but like they just don't have a defensive answer. And 
Insigne is not going to fix that. Insigne is not going to be a, a, a magic band-aid where they, 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 they do an Austin FC and they just, just score five goals and who cares about how many you give up if you score five goals. Like that's, he's not going to be like that much of a change. Yes, they have the likes of Pozuelo and Michael Bradley and Ayo Akinola. They have good players, Jonathan Osorio. But their defense is the thing that's causing them to be held back, not their offense right now. I mean, who's, who is their defensive answer? Because Salcedo isn't enough to fix this entire back line. They started a 17-year-old as right back. That's kind of how not great they are right now. Uh, and they've targeted Italian center backs uh, Masiello and uh, Chris Quito of Genoa. Crescito, yeah. And those are 30-plus-year-old center backs from Italy. And I think Toronto FC is just kind of hoping it's plug and play, which it's obviously not going to be. So even if they do manage to get one of those players, and I'm pretty sure uh, Crescito actually turned them down. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> even he it, knows. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, he's like, he's like, all right, well, let's see this team. Let's see what kind of like defensive setup I'm going to be going into. Watches, watches Lewis Morgan put a hattie against them. And he's like, oh, no, never mind, Ooh. never mind. <laughs> no, but like, I, I think... Insigne is not going to be a good enough answer for Toronto FC. I had them in like fourth in the East, and I'm realizing how stupid that is because I, I I was I was honestly expecting them before the season even started to sign like two more like starting caliber defenders, and that didn't happen. And they're still chasing the wrong defenders. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I I don't know. My hot take is that they're not going to do well at all despite Insigne coming in. Jack, Toronto FC, we love to dunk on them. I know how much you like the other Canadian teams more than Toronto. Oh, I, I love both of the Canadian teams besides Toronto. Yeah. I, I, so, yeah, I, I, it makes me very happy to see how bad and to think about how bad Toronto might be. I think everyone was kind of, you know, sipping on the Insigne juice before the season started. I was, I was. And everyone was, you know, Insigne. We're like, oh, in his prime player, Italian international, won the Euros, one of the best players there. And then we're like, but is that even enough to save the sinking ship that is Toronto FC? Right. You know, last season was already bad for them. It, it was like, I, I'd want, I, without knowing much about their history, I want to say it was one of their worst seasons in MLS. I, I feel like I wouldn't be that far off in saying that. Uh, uh, well, when they came into the league, they were pretty dog water terrible. <laughs> like, it wasn't until like 2015 that I got you know good but compared to like where they were right in in the latter half of the 2010s absolutely terrible yeah uh their defense just isn't good enough uh their goalkeeper as well uh i i've i've never really been that convinced by bono 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 you know should go back to you two, maybe. Uh, ah, good one. Yeah, that, the the joke was right there. I I couldn't even I deliver know, it with know. conviction. I'm, so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, I I just don't have faith in this team. Like Insigne is literally like someone putting a bandaid on the Titanic to try and fix it. Yeah, like yeah. that's what it feels like. Uh, maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it just has that sort of feeling, like. Uh, the sort of signing to cover up everything that's going wrong, you know, kind of like uh, Gonzalo Iguain to Inter Miami sure. kind of was right. But he actually ended up being good, not not, not good enough to carry them 
up to anything. And I have a feeling that might be what Insigne will uh, will be like in this, where, you know, they don't address the, the real issue because if, if we've heard it hundreds of times, offense can win you games, but defense wins you championships. And from the looks of it, Toronto FC won't be winning any championships anytime yeah. soon. I mean, I, I'm just looking at their defenders list and Kamar Lawrence, I don't think is going to be around for much longer. They brought in Shane O'Neill. He's he's a good defender. Salcedo obviously is a good defender. And you have question marks because, you know, Chris Mavinga, he's been around for a while, but I, I just don't think that he is a serviceable enough uh, center back to get the job done. And then you have a couple of either unknown newcomers slash youngsters. You have uh, Jaquille Marshall-Rudy, the right back that I mentioned, 17 years old. Uh, I think he played well for Toronto FC too in the past couple of years. I think he has done well when he's been called upon Toronto FC. But if you want to build a contender, you need to support him, right? You can't just have him go out there, throw him into the depths. If you want to be a contender year one when you have Insigne, maybe they, that's not actually the goal. And you have Caden Chung, who's uh, 23 years old, uh, just came from Pacific FC along with uh, Lucas McNaughton also came from Pacific FC. Two, like, unknown uh, kind of pieces there. Yes, uh, Pacific FC are good. Yes, the Canadian Premier League is, like, pretty fair quality, probably comparable to USL. But that's still, like, unknown quantities right there. And you have Luke Singh, who I have been uh, pretty high on. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see how how he can do. Uh, But he's also not the right answer for center back so i i think they need a new center back new left back new right back oh boy new goalkeeper oh gosh oh gosh uh they also have a uh, greg ranjit singh I, I didn't know that they uh, yeah. picked him up uh i i feel like he just pops up all the time like ever yeah. since he came to minnesota united and played those three admittedly pretty bad games <laughs> after tyler miller got injured yeah uh and then we never saw him again. And then he just pops up randomly. Like I'll just be looking at a team's roster and he's just there. I, I, I feel like he's been at like every team at this point. Jack, do you know, do you want to know how many teams he's been on since he left Minnesota United at the beginning of last season? Yeah, sure. What's how many has it been? No, I want you. I want you to guess. Oh, you want me to guess? I'm going to guess at least three because I feel I remember him at Philadelphia. Yes. And he's at Toronto now. And I feel like there's one in between there. There's actually three in between because he went to five. <laughs> One of them is a repeat. He went to Philadelphia Union. Okay. 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 Listen to this. I don't know if there's a loan because it's not actually saying Philadelphia Union from April 2021 to September 2021. By far okay. his longest. Uh, <laughs> his longest spell. <laughs> his longest spell. Not, not any team, but definitely the last season. And keep in mind, the season ended like in November. And I'm still going to mention three other teams. Uh, from September 2021 to September 2021, <laughs> Orlando City. I'm nice. was that just like a, a one game loan? Like, I, <laughs> must, I, is I he the MLS pool goalkeeper? I I don't think so because I because I feel like he actually like was on the bench for Philadelphia. For yeah, I, I remember that. I remember he was, but is he is he now like the MLS pool goalkeeper? It well, could be. <laughs> Okay, well, I was going to end the show, but now now we have to figure this we, out. We've got to figure out what's up with Craig Ranjitsing. Okay, so, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, oh, yeah, MLS pool. Yeah. Okay, okay, so he is, so he's like the injury replacement. He's, 
Yeah. He's literally just going to become an MLS journeyman for like yeah, well, one is, game spells. Because he, spell. he played it. like a game like at Orlando City and then he was at uh, LAFC for a, a, a good bit. And then Philadelphia Union for when <laughs> when they had their COVID outbreak and needed a, a goalkeeper. He was there. And now he's in Toronto FC. Like, okay, well. he He's my- just exploring to figure out which bench is the best one to sit on. Yeah. Yeah. I have a new hot take. Hot take. Greg Cronchit saying has a breakout season and replaces <laughs> Bono. Imagine. Imagine. Imagine, though. I'd love that. I love that. He, he, he played pretty well with uh, uh, Louisville City yeah, back yeah. in the USL days. So Didn't play well for Minnesota United. Didn't uh, play well for Minnesota United. I still United. remember that game against Dallas. I be- or it was either Dallas or Houston, but he did not have a good uh, game. I remember we were watching it together. We were like, you can make it till the end. And then he committed a, penal- a foul leading to a penalty in like the 89th minute. So... Uh. <laughs> Oh, man. oh, I wanted to turn into the Greg Ranjit Singh cast. <laughs> Just kidding, Greg. Come on the show. We'd love to have you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jack, those are our five hot takes each. Let's let's hear one more hot take, Jack. Let's hear one more hot take. Uh I I, I wanna hear I wanna hear who you think now that Rui Diaz might not be getting uh the the golden boot, who you think is is the next best option to get the golden boot because we have we we have, we have uh four players that have scored three goals now. Mm-hmm. Not saying that any of those players are going to win the golden boot, but your final a uh, hot take: who's going to get the golden boot? I think it. I think it'll be Carlos Vela. Actually, I I, I think I think he could do it. Uh, I know how dangerous of a proposition it is ever trusting in Carlos Vela with his injury history, but. I, I feel like he could do it, you know? He he's performed well. Uh, if it's not him, you know, I feel like Ola Kamara is, is, yeah. is the is the ne- is my next choice down after that. Uh but yeah, I, I could I could see it happening. You know, I I think the funniest thing would be if somehow Francisco Calvo even makes it into the picture of it. Yeah, I'm- like if he gets double digit goals, that that would be that would be crazy. If Francisco Calvo gets double-digit goals, I will take back everything I said about him. I, <laughs> if Matias Almeida's like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to have you just, like, when it's late in the game, kind of like how Barcelona will, like, rely PK. on PK, uh, just, like, to launch balls up to him. If if he starts doing that, I will ch- completely, completely change my tune on Francisco Calvo. I'll become a Calvo fan just because really? I love that wow. chaos. I'm a wow. chaos lover. Everyone knows this. True, true. It is very true. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with... I'm gonna go with Joseph Martinez. I, I, okay. I'll, I'll pick okay. a safe route because I think Atlanta, other than this game against Colorado, are playing well. So I'm gonna. I'm, I think that's my gonna be my final hot take of the episode. Thank you everyone for listening and sticking around for the Ranjit Singh of section of our podcast. <laughs> Jack, if people want to talk about Greg Ranjit Singh a little bit more, where can they find us on social media? Yeah, well, you can find us on social media on Twitter at Final Third Show. Uh, we have an Instagram technically you can look for us on there. Uh, we don't use it that much because Twitter is just, as you can tell from this episode, we like giving out hot takes. Twitter is infinitely better for just listening out hot takes all the time. Uh, you know, AJ had a, had a really good thread today talking about, uh, the culture of soccer in the U S. So if you're interested in that, go to our Twitter at final third show, check it out. See what that's all about. Yes. 
Also, if you want a nice one-stop shop for all things Final Third Show, go to finalthirdshow.com. You'll see all, all of our social media links, our uh, maybe our emails up there if you ever want to contact us. But also, uh, all of our listening platforms that you can listen to us on are going to be there. So definitely check that out, finalthirdshow.com. Tell a friend about the show. I'm sure they'd love to hear who we think are the best and worst teams thus far in the season. Tell your dad about the show, because I'm sure he would love to hear what we think about Greg Ranjit Singh, the golden boot right at the end of the episode. And also, <laughs> just how, how, how poorly some of these seasons are going for some of these teams. All right, we'll see you guys next Monday for the news and predictions episode. And we'll see you all next Thursday for potentially a U.S. men's national team window preview? Question mark, question mark, question mark. We'll see. And we'll see you there. See ya. Bye for now. <laughs>